Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. Before I start in Matthew 125, I want to mention something from Matthew 120. Now, I promise you, I'm going to try not to do this going back over and over all the time. The Bible is so full of so many truths and countless truths that we can just go back and go back and go back, but I need to keep moving. However, as I come to the New Testament, I know that this is the age in which we live in. We live in the New Testament age, and so I see things and I'm like, oh, I got to mention that. So I'll try not to go back over and over, but I wanted to share a story with you about something that refers to Matthew one twenty. So in the second half of that uh, verse, it is talking about the angel of the Lord talking to Joseph in a dream, and it says, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So I have to tell you this story. We were knocking on doors one day, inviting people out to church, sharing the gospel, trying to talk to people about the Lord. And it was a nice day. It was uh, myself and my son, and we were going down this street, and I noticed a man on the opposite side of the street looking out his window the whole time. He had a big like, uh, living room window, and he was sitting on a couch just staring at us. Well, I just make it a practice. If somebody's outside, I try and go over and catch them because for some reason, when I get to their door, they pull, they've already pulled away. They've got to run an errand or they're inside and they don't hear me knocking. So if I see somebody outside, I go right over to them. Well, this man wasn't outside, but I could clearly tell he was looking at us. Well, we knocked on the door. I'll probably refer to this man quite often because he we talked to him for a long time, even though we were not trying to argue with him. But wow, he said some crazy things. Well, he comes down, he has this book in his hand, and he says, I'm a Satanist, and I I follow Satan, and, and he starts going through this book, and it's an atheist book. I forget the name of the uh, author, but he's a famous atheist that tries to disprove things from the Bible, and he tries to make fun of things in the Bible as silly or uh, irreverent. So he said, well, you know, uh, you, you guys believe that Mary had sex with God in order to, you know, have Jesus. And he was very irreverent. And I told him, no, Mary didn't even know what happened to her. She was told, we'll see in Luke, she was told it was going to happen, but she didn't know what happened until she went and visited her cousin and the and her cousin's babe leaped in the womb. She had no idea anything happened. So this was not some silly thing, you know, that, that this man was trying to talk about. The reason I pointed out is because don't be afraid to talk to people about the Word of God and don't be afraid of the silly things that they'll say. Now, I was just reading an article the other day and it was saying that every time a child is conceived, they, they have proven that a spark happens. At the point of conception, there's a spark. And I can't help but think that that's 
the soul, that this is God breathing life into cells and creating a new life. Every birth is a brand new birth. This is a brand new person that did not live before. And now they do live at conception. And I got thinking about this whole idea of that which was conceived in hers of the Holy Ghost. I was thinking, can you imagine that spark? Wow, that had to be something. And so we move on from there. But I, I, I had to mention that about don't feel uh, intimidated when folks come with you, you know, come at you with uh, silly things like this. Just look at the Bible, talk to them about the Bible, say what's there. Almost always, I, I don't know any other time that's not the, this case, they add to scripture, they add something that's not there. And so this man, he's like, oh, well, she had this some experience. No, no, the Bible doesn't say she did. And it's clear in the book of Luke, she had no idea that it had actually happened. So go to scripture all the time. If you're talking to people, say, well, where does that say that? Where, where you know, and so... I wanted to point that out. But as we come to Matthew 1.25, this is, I think, a super important verse. It says, And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. If you recall, we're talking about Joseph, who was just an awesome, godly man. And so here is saying Joseph was raised from sleep. He obeyed God right away, and then he knew her not. So he took married to wife. So this means he married her. He says, okay, you're expecting, everybody knows you're expecting, and I'm going to proudly marry you. But Joseph had a lot, a lot of discipline. He had every right to be intimate with her because she was his lawful right. They Wife, he, they had not done anything wrong together or anything like that. But he didn't want any question to be brought up that he could possibly be Jesus's father. So he he was not sexually active with her until Jesus was born. That takes a lot of dis discipline. Uh, any newly married couple knows this. That's part of the wonderful part of, about being newly married is that you're able to participate in a wonderful activity that God created for a husband and wife. Joseph was so disciplined. He said, no, I'm not going to, even though I am her husband, I am taking her to wife. We're, we're past the stage of engagement now. She is my wife. I take her as my wife, and yet I am not going to be physically active with her. I am going to discipline myself. Wow, that is big. And then another thing I want to point out, it says, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn. There is a false doctrine that is put out by the Catholic Church that Mary was a virgin her whole life. There are multiple things that pile one up upon each other to prove different. This is the very first. Right here, he, it says, Joseph knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. Now, the uh, Catholics say, oh, well, you would say, well, until somebody died, this happened. Well, did they do it after they died? No, you know, until they died, they didn't ever do this. That's a foolish thing to say because nothing can happen after somebody dies. That's impossible. But if you would say they didn't do this action until they went on vacation, until they went on their honeymoon, you would say, okay, that's when it started. So the Catholic Church, I love Catholic people, but the Catholic Church 
dooms people to hell with their false doctrine. Please, my Catholic friends, please read the Bible and read it openly. Read what it has to say. You're going to see that there's so much false doctrine that you have been taught by the Catholic Church, and it pulls you away from God. Why do they say that Mary was a virgin? Because they want you to worship her. They want you to pray to her. We're going to see. Mary says, no, I need a Savior, just like everybody else. Mary's very clear. She needed a Savior. Now, performing a sexual act with your husband is not sin. It's something God created. It's a wonderful thing. But yet they want to say, oh, but she was a virgin, the Immaculate Conception, and then she was a virgin her whole life. I'll say a few things to help us knock this out of the water. Now, each uh, instance, besides this one, to me, each thing they have a way to finagle out of. But if you look at all of it as a whole, it's no question that Joseph had sexual relations with Mary after they were born and they had other children. So we're going to go through several things. First of all, right here, it says that Joseph did not know her till. That till is very important. That means after that, he did. Secondly, right here, it says she brought forth her firstborn son. Why would it say firstborn if she did not have other children? She did have other children, and we're going to see that. Uh, it, to show co in contrast, May Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, had one son. She had never had any children, and in her old age, she had one son, and his name was John the Baptist. In Luke one fifty seven, it says, Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. That's all she had. It didn't need to say firstborn because that's the only son that she had. So it's uh, false doctrine to say that Mary didn't have any other children. Well, later in scripture, it says, talks about Jesus's brothers and sisters and uses the word brothers and sisters. They say, oh, that word brothers could also include cousins. So it's cousins, it's not brothers. Well, the word that's used can be used for brothers and it is used for brothers, but it has a little broader sense in that it can be used for other things also. But first and foremost, it's brother. So it could mean cousin. However, the word used is never translated cousin, ever. You, you don't translate it that way. And so again, they take scripture and they twist it. Then also, why would it say sisters? Why would it differentiate differentiate between brothers and sisters. So sister cousins, no, that's not the case. Later, um, Jesus on the cross was talking to John. And some people point to that and say, so Jesus didn't have any brothers because why would he tell John to take care of his mother if he had brothers? Well, at that time, his brothers did not believe in him and his mother did. And he, he wanted someone who was a believer to take care of his mother. So he says to John, behold your mother, take care of my mother. Later, after he rose from the dead, his brothers actually believed, and not only believed, but we're going to see one of them wrote a book of the Bible. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that later and showing that it's not a disciple, you know, one of the ones that are listed because there's not brothers in that way. So one of them was killed for the cause of Christ. So Jesus most definitely had more siblings past uh, 
himself. So some then say, well, Protestants, when I say some Catholics will say Protestants also agree with us. Martin Luther and John Calvin, they also agree that Jesus did not have any siblings. Well, the answer to that is both of them were raised Catholic. They were in the Catholic Church. They were taught by the Catholic Church. They didn't separate from the Catholic Church. They tried to reform the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church kicked them out. And so they ended up having their own movement. But it wasn't that, oh, they were reading the Bible and they were only uh, reading the Bible only. No, they were trained monks. They were priests. They were trained by the Catholic Church. So they were off. They didn't They didn't grow enough in that way. I firmly disagree that that, that Mary was a virgin her whole life. And I'm going to point a lot of these things out because the reason is because the Catholic Church wants to keep people chained to them. They, They want to keep people saying, I've got to pray to Mary. I need to pray the rosary. I have to pray the rosary. I have to do these things because they want them chained and the at the root of all evil is the love of money, and it's about money. It's about power. They want people to pay for those who have gone before and buy candles. They want them to uh, pay for, you know, annulments, and you know, so you can go to heaven. It's all built on lies. And please, my Catholic friend, I love Catholic people. I love that. Um, they're good, hardworking people, but they are misled. You are misled if you're a Catholic person and you believe that you can pray to Mary. Mary needed a savior like you and I. Mary was a wonderful woman, but she was a sinner. And she needed a savior, and you do too. And the only way is to come to Christ, come to God through faith in Christ There's no good works that you can do to earn heaven. There's no praying to Mary. Mary doesn't have any sway with God. None. None. The only way way we come to God is through Jesus Christ. There's one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. It's not the woman, Mary. No. She is not the mother of God. She was the mother of the human God-man. That's way different than saying the mother of God. So I, I will point this out, and I am not trying to mean mean to Catholics. I love Catholics, but I do, I do get very upset at the Catholic Church and their doctrine because they are sending people to hell. You are not going to be in heaven because you are part of a church. The bride of Christ are those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. The bride of Christ is a whole group of people that are in, in church. But it's not the church that saves them. It's the blood of Christ. So if you're depending on praying to Mary, if you're depending on going to heaven because you're in the real church, Jesus is going to say someday, I never knew you. You have to know him as your personal savior. So it says here, she brought forth her firstborn son and he, this is Joseph, called his name Jesus. Why? Because he's an obedient father. He says, God said his name's Jesus. That's what we're naming him. So as we come then to chapter two, it says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east 
to Jerusalem. We'll just talk here for a couple minutes about this before we get into this section. But the one thing I wanted to point out is that, as I've said before, especially as we're going through Genesis, it was not just the Jewish people that could serve God. It was not just the Jewish people that could be saved. The Jewish people were God's chosen people for his son, Jesus, to come through. However, these wise men, there's no indication that they're Jews. Now, they could have been Jews. Why? Where did they come from? They came from Persia and Babylon. Why would they have come from over there? Well, as we look at the story of, for instance, Daniel, Daniel was carried away captive to a foreign land, and it was in Persia. Daniel was a fantastic testimony for the Lord, and he taught others about Christ, and he taught them about the Messiah that was coming. Daniel had lots of prophecy. So these men still followed that. They weren't in Israel at all. Now, they very well could have been Jews because the Jews were scattered throughout the whole world. But my point is, it wasn't just people in the nation of Israel in that area that followed the Lord. And it's like that today. If you have a Bible, read it and follow God. You don't have to be part of any certain nation. God came for all of us. God with us. Emmanuel came for all of us. Heavenly Father, I pray we'd always be seeking you as these wise men are going to seek you and we're going to see this story. I pray we would be like them, always looking for you and bringing our gifts to you, different gifts that we have. I pray that we would do all we can to love you, serve you, give to you, and dedicate our lives to you. We ask all this because of Jesus, because of him coming and dying for our sins. May we live in your truth today. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may he greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following his word.